go and show you that. We're going to start right there, showing you that the last enemy has already been defeated. My purpose is, if Christ has finished his work, and he has, people still saying, well, the Lord hasn't come. Well, if he hasn't come, he hasn't finished his work. Because he was coming to defeat all of his enemies, all of the powers. He had to come and defeat them. So you have to understand when you believing a lie, Christ hasn't come yet, then you're saying he has not defeated all his enemies. Then you also says all those people who was in the graves, who gave their life to Christ, all those ones who was beheaded, he has not come. Because in the book of Revelation, it showed you all the people that were beheaded. And they were asking the question, how long will you, before you take your great power and reign? So if Christ has not come, all those souls are still around the altar. 2,000 years later, still saying, Lord, how long? Now, I need you to find me that verse before I can just give them to them. All right. Now, let's go into showing you uh, my message. See, when we say we preach grace, you hear a whole lot of folks say they preach grace. And a lot of folks say, oh, yeah, he preached grace, Pastor. But you don't even know what grace is, evidently. Because you cannot preach grace and still eat the bread off the table. You don't even understand grace. Grace means the finished work of God. Grace means Christ has come and finished his work and has given us his victory. That's grace. So how can I still be doing baptism in the pool and still says I'm under grace? Why am I still working? Why am I still eating bread off the table and still saying I'm preaching grace? In the book of Revelation chapter 6, these people were waiting for Christ. Let's look at that in the King James. Revelation chapter 6. See, all through the word of God, I, I got so much word, I'm going to be going through this. Like I said last week, and show you that I am, I mean, I got that in my spirit, but God showed me he want me to go through this first. We are still in the same series, the revelation of the mystery. But you have to understand, before the mystery can be revealed, some things had to be destroyed. It's just like there are some people in your life will keep you from getting the revelation of the mystery. It's like it is as a pastor. If I'm going to continue to put the bread on the table, I can't get the revelation of the mystery. Because those things are religion and tradition of men. And it, they make the word of God a non-effect. There's a, there's a scripture in the book of Isaiah it says, in the day or in the year, King Uzziah died. I saw also the Lord. Remember, he did not see the Lord until King Uzziah died. So there are people in your life that keep you from seeing the Lord. There are people in your life that keep you from getting the thing that God has for your life. That's what you got to understand. All right, so in Revelation chapter number 6, let's go to work. 
It says that when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain. Now they were beheaded for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. That's why I said to you this morning, what do God want from us? He wants us to do one thing and that's live for him. See, people go, many people go to church, but they're not going to live for God. They, you, listen, let me say it this way. You cannot live for God until God has given you something. First of all, his spirit. Until you get his spirit, you can't live for him. You can fake it, but you never make it. Because once you get in the heat of the battle and the trials and the tests come out, you're going to flunk. Because you can't live for him. You can play church, but you'll never be the church. And that's what you got a lot of folks that play church. But they'll never be the church. All right, so Revelation chapter 6 and verse 9. And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. My point is, if people can die for this, head cut off, can't you live for him? That's what you got to understand. That's why he's showing us. These people put their head on the block. Like I showed you, to be able to get the head cut off, they had, a, they had a sword, they had an axe two different ways. The axe they put on the, on the chopping blocks, and they had the axe like about 12 inches, blade, one cut, you was done. Head went one way, the body fell on the ground. The sword, they would put a rope around your neck and stretch your neck and put it around a log and your head is hanging from the rope and then they will come up with a sword and shoot. Now these people did that so they would not reject Christ. And all God asking us to do is live for him. He don't need you to die for him. See, that's what Peter says. Peter in the garden said, Lord, I'll die for you. He don't need you to die for him. He died for you. He needs somebody who will live for him. That's what he needs you to do. In the face of a wicked world, where people want God and man, he wants you to make a decision. He wants you to be like Joshua said to the people, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's what he wants from you. All right. These people, watch what was given them. And verse 10, and they cried with a loud voice saying, how long, O Lord, holding true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? Watch what the Lord says. So if you believe the Lord hadn't come, these people here never got their reward. Verse 11 says, And white robes were given unto them, every one of them. And it was said unto them, this is what the Lord said to them, that they should rest for a little season, not 2,000 years, until their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. They can't be 2,000 years old over there, are they? See, you're still saying the people, Jesus ain't come. Well, the people must be 2,000 years old because they had to live to now to please your theology. 
No, those people died. Jesus did come. See, the word of God told us that he came. And so that's what I want to show you today. And I want to, that's why this morning, I'm not going back through this morning, because I showed you this morning that I went back to Genesis, and I showed you what had happened. I showed you in Genesis chapter 1 is creation. Say that with me, Genesis chapter 1. is creation. My creation, nothing is visible. Creation means everything been created, but nothing been seen, touched, felt, smelled, tasted. Because it's creation. Genesis chapter 2, he created man in Genesis 1. Now he's sold, but he's invisible. So what is he going to do? He's going to put him in a body. Genesis chapter 2. He formed man from the dust of the ground. Breathing to his nostrils the breath of life, man became a living soul. So God is going to put, create man in Genesis 1, form him in Genesis chapter 2, and the test is going to come in Genesis chapter 3. Now, remember, God had, it wasn't but two people created. Y'all don't understand something. Cain and Abel was not created in God's image and God liked it. So you can't look at nobody on the earth and say you were created in God's image and God liked it because you were not. That's why you had to be created again. It wasn't but two people created in God's image and God liked it. God, let me just show you that first before I go on the floor. Look at Genesis chapter 5. I'm trying to talk my way through it so I can get to my message. Genesis chapter 5, you have the generation of Adam. And when you read the generation of Adam, you see who's in Adam's generation. There wasn't but two people created. All right. So Genesis chapter 5, verse 1, this is the book of the generation of Adam. See, this is Adam's generation. So that's why if you go to the New Covenant, it said the generation of Jesus Christ. In the in, in generation of Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, the first, Adam was the first person. But in Adam's generation, he said, they said, this is the book of the generation of Adam in the day that God created man in the likeness of God made he him. So Adam and Eve was made in God's image and likeness. Only two people, male and female, created he them and blessed them and called their name Adam in the day that they were created. Verse number three, Adam lived 130 years old and begot a son in his own likeness after his image and called his name Seth. And the days of Adam after he begat Seth was 800 years and he begat sons and daughters. All the days that Adam lived was 930 years and he died. So all other people came out of Adam. So that's why when 1 Corinthians 15, he told you in Adam all died, but in Christ all is made alive. So all, everybody else, only Adam and Eve were created. Now, in the new covenant, God has given us a new creation. Listen to me. In the new covenant, God has given us a new creation. The new creation also is Christ and the church. Let me say it again. In the book of Genesis, only two people were created. 
And that's Adam and Eve. Everybody else came out of Adam and Eve. So the fulfillment of that is Christ and the church. So that's why you are called a new creation. And the only way you could be created, you had to be created in Christ. So when God created Christ, or raised him from the dead, you were raised from the dead in Christ, or with Christ. But if you never accept it, if you never believe the gospel, now when I say believe the gospel, it's not believe the Bible. That's are two different things. Your salvation is based on you believing the gospel. The gospel is Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. Mean Christ died for my sins. He, he was buried in my grave, and God raised him from the dead to justify and make me right with himself. That's the gospel. Okay. Now, I gave you something that we're going to go to. Let's get back on course. I was giving you Genesis chapter 1, creation. Genesis chapter 2, he formed man, made man. Genesis chapter 3, man ate of the tree of neither good and evil. All right, so now man failed. Well, what happened when man failed? He lost the kingdom. Now, I'm going to show you why Jesus came. What did Jesus come preaching? So that's what you got to understand. So let's go to work. Let's go to, let's go all the way back. Let's go to Matthew 11 and 12 and Matthew and Luke 16 and 16. We're in King James still. Matthew 11 and 12, Luke 16, 16. You have to know what Jesus, his, his purpose and what he had to do to get to it. See, Christ dying on the cross, buried and raised from the dead, is the way he had to defeat the principalities and the powers. We went over there this morning, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7 and 8 says, if they had known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Because the only way he could destroy principalities and powers was in his death. When they crucified him, they released him from fleshly body. Matthew chapter number 11 and verse 12. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. Put it with me, the kingdom of heaven Amen. suffers violence. And the violence take it by force. So how was Jesus going to get back the kingdom? He had to take it by force. That's why he taught things like when a stronger than he has come, he would take it back. Do anybody remember what I'm saying? All right, Sister Crump, bail him out again. You got your concordance. Remember when Jesus taught about a strong man, how he keeps his house? But when a stronger than he come, he loses. That's what Jesus came. He came to take 
back the kingdom that Adam had lost to disobedience. Eve disobeyed God. And because of her disobedience to God, the kingdom was lost. And now Satan become the God of this world. Ain't nothing God could do about it. Look at 2 Corinthians 4 and 4. King James. We're going to stay there so you can keep up. I'm just going to teach from the big screen here. 2 Corinthians 4 4. So now the devil became the God of this world. So that means all of these things that was happening, like Nebuchadnezzar, the Medes and the Persians, the Grecians, the Romans, while all of them stayed in power and authority because of the devil himself. Watch this. In whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine under them. The God of this world was Satan. And so you have to understand, he's not the God of this world today. See, what people, what, what people don't know is, they don't know what the world is. I thought that's what I'm going to have to teach. He is not the God of this world. He was the God of the world before Christ defeated him. Look at another scripture. Look at Matthew 28, 18. Hope you believe what you're saying. See, you got a whole lot of people. They'll fall down behind this pulpit and they'll say, all oh, power. They'll lay all down, all oh, power. And they get right back up and go smoke the cigarette in, 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 in the office. You don't believe that. As a matter of fact, if you believe he has all power, then you would not be limiting him. And he's not just talking about all power in heaven. He's talking about heaven and earth and under the earth. All power has been given back to him. See, you understand, that's why the Bible said in 1 Corinthians 13, there's no power but of God. So the power that's ordained is ordained of God. There was no power. God gave the power to Adam. Adam lost the power. Christ come to take the power back. But to be able to do it, he had to become a man. He had to be born in a flesh, the body, become a man, so he could be called the son of Adam. The word son of Adam is son of man. That's what son of man means, son of Adam. A man with a soul. The word Adam means man. Christ is the son of man, a man with a soul. So if you're, if you're not saved, you don't have a spirit, you got a soul and a body and breath. Isn't that something you hear playing around, goofing off, and all somebody got to do is hit you in the back and knock that little breath out of you and you're gone. You be on the floor trying to get, <laughs> that's why the first thing they do is put you on the ground and go, <laughs> give you a breath, trying to get that breath back. And don't realize that's, that's what's keeping you alive. You don't have the spirit. See, when God gave you the spirit, he gives you life for real. He gives you eternal life. Nobody can take it from you. That life is in your soul. See, there's three lives. There's the breath of life. There's natural life. And then there's eternal life. 
That's why people, people goofing off and don't realize people down every day. If you die without getting eternal life, you lost your life. You don't have life anymore. What shall it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his own soul? What shall a man give in exchange of his own soul? That's what he's talking about. Until your soul find life, that's what happened in the garden. When Adam was in the garden, the tree of life was in the midst of the garden, and Eve ate the wrong tree. And they were put out of the kingdom. They were put out of the garden. And so Jesus came in a garden to die in a garden as the tree of life replaced the tree so you can get your life back. This is not a game. You die without the spirit, you going to hell. Your soul going to hell for eternity. Ain't nobody fault but yours. Matter of fact, you won't be able to tell nobody about it. There's not another chance. Don't believe the lie that somebody can pray you out. Don't believe that lie. All right, the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 11. Okay, the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 11. Let's start reading verse 20. Mark verse 20 in your Bible. Now, now they had said to Jesus that he cast out devils by the Beelzebub, okay? Now, that's what they told him. You cast out devils by, by Beelzebub, by the devil. That man got a devil. He cast out devils. But watch what Jesus is going to say in verse 20. If I, with the finger of God, cast out devils. Now, you got to understand something. That word, finger of God, right Write this verse down. Let me give you something to go with it. You want to also write down Matthew 18, I'm sorry, Matthew 8, 17. Now remember these two verses, because when I go to Matthew 8, 17, I'm going to ask you for that verse, and I'm going to give you another one when I go there. There's three of them. Here he says, but if I cast out devil with the finger of God, let me write this in my Bible, in case you forget. I know all of you are not going to forget, but in case you forget because I'm going to need this to show you something. Finger of God. You want to put down that Matthew 8, 17. But I got another one I want to give you, because I want to show you what it means. Say the finger of God. All right. Now, what does it mean to say if I cast out devil by the finger of God? If he cast out devil by the finger of God, you want to put down another, Luke 10, 17. Put that down. Okay, here it is. Luke eleven twenty. But if I cast out that with the finger of God, no doubt the kingdom of God has come unto you. Now remember, I'm going to get into showing you why Jesus preached the kingdom of God. Because his whole thing was to let the other powers know that he is the king of the kingdom. And he comes to take all the kingdom back. So you have to understand his purpose. In heaven and in earth. And that's what he did. All right, let's keep going. Verse number 21. Show you how you're going to do it. When a strong man armed, somebody say armed. Wonder what he was armed with. He's with the finger of God. See, if you know what the finger of God, you know what he armed with. I'm going to tell you that in just a moment. When a strong man armed, keeping his palace, 
His goods are in peace. But when a sword and he shall come upon him. Now he letting the devil know. When he talk about wisdom, he says, oh, a, wise, a man wiser than Solomon is here. Solomon, all his glory is not arrayed like one of these. But a man wiser than Solomon is here. Now he's telling you, Samson was a strong man. But when a stronger than he has come upon him and overcome him, somebody say overcome him, he taketh from him all his armor wherein he trusted and devoured his spoils. Divided his spoils. So that's what Christ is going to do. He came, he come to take all the armor away from the enemy. Now you got to understand what I just got through saying because you got to know what the enemy's armor is. He that is not with me is against me, and he that gathereth not with me scattereth. All right, now let's go to Matthew. You right there in Luke, let's do Luke 10, 17 while we're there. Then we go over to Matthew. In Luke 10, 17. Matter of fact, that's where we should have started, huh? I'm sorry, that's Luke 11. I should have started Luke 11, 17. Okay, but I'm done with that now. Because that's all he did with Satan. Well, I got to read that anyway. Go back to verse 17, Luke eleven seventeen. 17. Hallelujah. But he, knowing that thought, said to them, every kingdom, there it is, divided against itself is brought to desolation. Every house that divided against his house, or his house divided. That's talking about you. See, if your soul and your body is divided, your body want to go one way, your soul want to serve the Lord, you're going to be destroyed anyway because you're not on one accord. That's why you, if you get your soul saved, your body will follow. All right, if I buy Beelzebub, now watch what he said. If I buy Beelzebub, see, they were telling Jesus he had a devil. He said, if I buy Beelzebub, cast out devils, by whom do your son cast them out? Therefore shall they be your judges. But if I by the finger of God cast out devil. Now we're just going to show you that. Go back to Luke chapter 10 and verse number 17. So we just read to you Luke 11. All right. So watch this. And the seventy returned. We're in Luke 10, 17. There you go. And the seventy returned again with joy saying, Lord, even the devils are subject to us. How? Through thy name. What were they given? His name. They were given his name. That's why the devil was subject to them through his name. So when you read the first part of that gospel of St. Luke, you will see that he told them, let's go back and read that, uh, start verse 1. Luke chapter 1, and we're going to read down uh, to verse 4. Just four, four, you can read the lit later. I just want to show you what it is. Luke chapter 4, 10 and verse 1. Luke 10, 1. All right, wait on that screen. Here we go. After these things, the Lord appointed other 70 also and sent them out two and two before his face into every city and place where he himself would come. That's very important. He sent them to the place he was coming to. Therefore said he unto them, the harvest truly is great, but the labors are few. Pray ye to the Lord of the harvest. 
that he will send forth laborers into his harvest 2,000 years ago. Go your ways. Behold, I send you forth as lambs among wolves. But watch what he's going to give them. Carry neither purse nor skip nor shoes and salute no man in the way. Now, one place told him don't take any gold, any silver, any precious stone. The labor is worth of his hire. All right. So they was not to take anything with them, but God gave them something. Let me show it to you. Acts chapter three. See, these things you need to mark in your Bible. You got to know what God gave them. Because if you don't know what God gave them, you don't know what God gave you. And if you don't know what God gave you, you're in trouble. There's no way you're going to live for God if you don't know what he gave you. Because the natural thing you can't use in the kingdom. The kingdom is spiritual. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. See, we read all that stuff, but what are, you, what are your weapons? What's the weapon of yoke warfare? Okay. Acts chapter 3, verse 6. See, Peter knew what God gave him. Now, I'm going to ask you the question, and I know I'm, I'm cutting my message, short cutting my message, getting to some stuff, because I want to show you that Peter, John preached the gospel, Christ preached the gospel, his disciple preached the gospel, all the gospel of the kingdom. Uh, he, had to, he had to do that before there could be a manifestation of the Spirit. Why did, he, why did they do it? Why did, why did John preach the gospel, then Christ preach the gospel, and then his disciple preach the gospel, same gospel, the gospel of the kingdom. Why did he have to do it that way? He did it before there could be a manifestation of the Spirit. Without the preaching of the Word, there cannot be a manifestation of the Spirit. See, people want to get people saved, but they don't want to take time to preach the Word to them. We just tell them, Jesus love you, and come to church Sunday, and you get saved. We don't want to do nothing. We wonder why they didn't get saved. Because you didn't take time and tell them why Christ died for your sins. So you don't want to take time to tell them the Word, and God can only manifest the Word you are giving them. You don't want to sow the seed, but you want a garden. Acts chapter 3, verse 6. Here we go. And then Peter says, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. What did he have? He had the name of Jesus. So he says, Silver and gold, I don't have silver and gold. He knew what God gave him. Do you know what God gave you? I'm going to give it to you again. That's how much your pastor loves you. Amen. Praying for you this morning, a little after four, while you were sitting there asleep. <sighs> Get your rest. I'm praying for you. All right, here we go. First, he gave you faith. Now, you ought to write this down and open your Bible. The first page of your Bible, you should have, what did God give me? Lord, help me. See, Peter knew what God gave him. Way back there when God called him to ministry, God gave him his name. He didn't give you his name, but he gave you three things. First of all, in Romans chapter 12, verse 3, put it on the screen. First, God gave us his faith, put it on the screen. Romans 12, 3. There we go. I say through the grace given to me, 
And everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has given death to every man, what did he give you? He gave you the measure of faith. He, he gave you the measure of faith. What did he give you? The measure of faith. What else did he give you? Ephesians 4, 7. You have to know what he gave you. Silver and gold have I none, but what did he give you? See, watch what he said. He said, I don't have no silver, no gold, but I got what God gave me. Rise, take up your bed and walk. God gave him his name. Well, what did he give you? When you don't have silver and gold, what did he give you? Ephesians 4, 7. Here it is. What on every one of us is given. What he gave you? He gave you grace. He gave you favor. You got favor with God and man. You might not have the education you need, but you got favor. You might have to be stopped to pull over by an officer knowing you were speeding. And all of a sudden, the man tell you, I'm not going to give you a ticket. I'm going to give you a favor. You slow down. And that's the time you ought to be saying, oh, thank God he gave me favor. So you got to know what he gave you. He gave you Ephesians 4, 7. He gave you grace. What else did he give you? 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse number 7. My God, my God. You got to know what he gave you. Be, I don't know why Pastor, Pastor Crump didn't know the word. This is what I do. I spent eight hours in the word. Don't think nothing of it. This is what I love doing. Man can't live by bread only. This is how man lives. And I plan on being here a long time. I believe God for 120, no less. <laughs> you, may, you may say, oh yeah, Reverend. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I'll bury you. I'll be here. Now, if you don't think that way, that's you. And when you're planning on being here a while, you got to take care of yourself. You can't keep eating junk all day long. Junk, junk, junk. Junk will turn you into a junkie. If you don't think I'm truthful, go look at your, your YouTube on your television or on your phone and put on there things that give you cancer. It'll tell you all the food you shouldn't be eating because they cause cancer to grow. You got a phone. You got more information than anybody in the world, but you don't use it. I ask Google everything. Google talks when I don't even want him to talk. <laughs> My wife said, he's talking in the other room. I said, let, let him talk. I ain't going there. So you got to know, 1 Corinthians 12, 7, he gave you the manifestation of the Spirit. Watch what it tell you. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to everybody, to profit. He gave you faith, he gave you grace, he gave you the manifestation of the Spirit so you can profit. 
And yet, people still say they don't have. See, I had a brother come in that door this morning, like he did before, still wide and leave. And God showed me to pray for him again. Awesome thing. All right, what, what else he give you? He gave you three things. You got them down yet? What did God give you? He gave you three things, didn't he? Are, are you going to be using those things? You're going to start putting, come on, clap your hand. How many are going to start using what God gave you? He gave you something so you can live. Now, let's go to Matthew. And let's look at chapter 8. Now, let's go to Titus 3 first. Titus chapter 3. Now, when I say 1 Corinthians 12, 7, he gave you the manifestation of the Spirit. So you got to know how you get the Spirit to manifest. Let's go to uh, Titus, the book of Titus, because the Spirit does not just manifest because you show up. That's why I teach you the word. When you get this, say amen. Titus chapter 3. There's on the screen. Titus chapter 3. Verse, chapter 1, verse 3. I'm sorry. Titus chapter 1, verse 3. That's what I said? I'm sorry. Titus chapter 1, verse 3. Titus 1 and 3. Here we go. Titus chapter 1, verse 3. Not complicated. God has in due time manifested his word how? How can the word be manifested? Why you think I love to preach so much? I cannot get you to have what God wants you to have without preaching. And yet people don't come to church. It amazes me. I always talk about the, my sisters and brothers here on the, my, my two sisters sitting on the front row from Saginaw, 75 miles. Amen. See, the key of this here, when you want something from God, you go get it. Amen. I'm going to tell you something. Don't be deceived just because you have Christian television. I don't have to go to church no more. See, that enemy, enemy mess your head. I can serve God right here in my bed with my pajamas. You can if you have a problem walking. <laughs> but what if God gave you the grace to get out your bed, fix up yourself, and go into the house of the Lord? Don't take that away. Because the nursing homes are full of folks who like to change places with you. God has in due time manifest his word through preaching, Paul said, which is committed unto me according to the commandment of, of God our Savior. So the word is, God's word is manifested through preaching. Now let's go to Matthew so, uh, chapter 8 verse 17 so I can give you what I had for you before. How many remember what I told you, the verse I gave you? 
And I told you, well, I'd give it to you again because you, huh? Luke 11, 17 to 20, you remember that? And I told you if I cast out devil with the finger of God. Well, let's see what the finger of God is because if you read the other book, it'll tell you what the finger of God. Luke said the finger of God. Matthew don't call it the finger of God. This is how you study the Bible. Verse number 16. Well, let's read 14, 15, 16, 17. Let's read them together. Are you there? And when Jesus was coming to Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother laid of a sick of a fever. He touched her hand and the fever left her. She arose and ministered to him. When the evening was come, they brought to him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirit with his word. So what are you supposed to learn from that? See, that's why I need you to learn. See, when you have the spirit, you're able to discern. That if he said over here the finger of God, and he said over here the word of God, then the word of God got to be the finger of God. That's what you have to have when you got the spirit. The spirit will help you hook it up. I said the spirit of God is the word of God. So you got to know what it means when it says the hand of the Lord, the word of the Lord, the finger of God, the power of God. Look at Matthew 12, 28. Matthew chapter 12, verse 28. See, when you read the word, it'll tell you. Matthew 12, 28. But if I cast out devils by the spirit of God, I thought I cast out there with the finger of God. I thought I cast out there with the word of God. I cast out devil through preaching the word of God. Oh, I wish I had known this early in ministry. I wouldn't have to worry about nobody tearing up my office. <laughs> trying to cast out a devil. All they had to do is preach, preach Christ to her. And if she received Christ, Christ comes in, devil go out. Come on, say it. When Christ come in, the devil go out. That's all you got to do. When it's stronger than he has come, <laughs> praise God. All right. Matthew chapter number 12, verse 28, right? If I cast out devil by the spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come unto you. So he told us how he cast out devils. He cast out devils with his word. Amen. That's why Jesus, listen to me now. That's why Jesus went about preaching. Now let's go back and begin to show you that. Matthew chapter 4. That's why you went about preaching. He had to take the kingdom back. How do you take it back? See, he didn't come with a sword like David. He came with the sword of the spirit. How many know what the sword of the spirit is? It's the word of God. That's how you get it done. When you want to change situation, you change it by the word of God and prayer. You can't fuss it. Fuss it won't get it. If fuss it would have got it, me and my wife would have been headed. We fuss going and coming. 
We fussed up the stairs, down the stairs. But it didn't get it. It's going to get it when you start giving yourself as a sacrifice. When you lay down your life, because Christ gave his life, I'm going to give him my life. I'm not going to give him my death. He's going to have that soon enough. I'm going to give him my life as a sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is reasonable service. I'm going to give him this life like he wanted. it. When he said, be holy, I'm going to live that life. See, it's a sacrifice. When the, Bible, when the flesh keeps telling you there are 10 to 1 women out there, somebody got to love on them. It's 10 to 1. So you got to make a choice. And don't, don't wait till you get old and gray-headed and can't do nothing. Because there ain't no sacrifice now. Because you don't want nobody and nobody wants you. So I'm not talking about that. We're talking about remember the Lord thy creator in the days of your youth. You ain't got no choice when you're 90 years old. You don't want nobody and nobody wants you. So it ain't no sacrifice. Are you with me? Jesus preached the kingdom. Matthew chapter 3. First, John the Baptist. I'm sorry. Let's go to John first. Matthew chapter 3. The first three verses. We get down to business. Matthew chapter 3. First three verses. John the Baptist preached the gospel. In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. John the Baptist preached the gospel. Why was he doing that? Because you could not have a manifestation of the Spirit until the word's been preached. You can't get what you want from God until you have the Spirit working with you. And you don't have the Spirit working with you until you start preaching the word. God saw what he needed. But the Bible says... He began to say, and God said. He began to preach, and God said, let there be light. And then there was light. And God said, and what God said came to pass. And God said, he began to preach to his creation. And as he preached the word, the Holy Ghost began to show him what he was preaching. So that's why I preached in this service, I preached to you Christ. Because that's who I want you to be like. That's who I want to manifest in your life. I want your axe to swim. If you know what I mean. You got to get that real good. Because I thought he said something. No, I said A-X. <laughs> you have to clarify folk, boy. Man, I think Reverend just said something. See, in, if you read the Bible, you'll find out there was a prophet who was cutting down wood and the axe head fell in the water. 
Because the axe head slips off if you ever cut wood. And he couldn't go out to deep water to get it, so he had to use his preaching to cause the axe head to come to the top. And that's what you do when you preach. You cause things that are hidden to be revealed. You, thought you cause things that are in the deep to surface. Preaching gives you the ability of God. Now the Spirit began to work with you. That's why you have to be who you're supposed to be. Because you're not who you're supposed to be, nothing happened. You said, boo devil, devil ain't booing. Matthew chapter 3, John the Baptist preached the word. Let's go to Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. But you got to understand, what did they preach? They preached the gospel of the kingdom. What did they want to manifest? The kingdom. Paul preached Christ. What did he want to manifest? Christ, God said, let there be light. What did he want? He spoke specific to what he wanted. He said, let there be light, and there was light. See, what you speak in your mouth all the time is what you have in your life. Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The word at hand means near. Wonder why people think it hadn't come yet. Jesus sent his 12 disciples, Matthew chapter 10, verse 5. This is one we're going to see. He told them, Don't take nothing with you. Now, this is an awesome thing. When you send me to preach, you tell me, Don't take no money. Don't take nothing with you. You have to totally depend on God. Matthew chapter 10, verse 1, And when he had called unto him his 70, 70 disciples, his disciples, his 12. No, this is 12. Luke, Luke 10 was the 70. Matthew 10 is a, is a 12. He, he sent the 12 out against unclean spirit to cast them out, to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of diseases. Go down to verse 5. So he named all of them in verse 3, 4, 5. I'm not trying to do that. Then the twelve were sent forth and he commanded them, go not in the way of the Gentiles. Remember that the, the Jews did not, could not go preach the Gentiles. That was Paul's job. And into any city of the Samaritan, that's also going to be Paul's job. Enter not. But go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach. Here's your message. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. What was that message? The kingdom of heaven is at hand. What was Noah's message? Noah preached 40 days and 40 nights. What was his message? It's going to rain 40 days and 40 nights. You don't know Noah's message. That's why he was called a fool. He came preaching. It's going to rain 40 days and 40 nights. They said, oh man, get out of here. It never rained. It's going to rain. 40 days and 40 nights. God told me. That's why I'm Bill Mark. Did it rain? Why? Because the Holy Spirit manifested the word that he was preaching. What was Abraham for? What did Abraham preach? I'm a father of many nations. I'm just holding it. I can't wait for y'all to tell me. I'm a father of many nations. 75 years old. At 99, 24 years later, 
He became a father of many nations. He preached that word for 24 years. I'm a father of many nations. He said, oh man, you've been saying this since you were 75. See, people don't realize when Pastor Crump kept telling you, we're going to build a church over here. Oh man, we over, we over there. I said, oh, this ain't it. Huh. Man, on lookout. No, there ain't no, this ain't down to it. And then we got the one on Elizabeth Acre Road. I said, that ain't it. We ain't got no parking over here. Man, we can't fill this church. But this ain't it. Amen. So you got to understand something. When God puts you where he wants you to put you, you already know that wasn't, that, that wasn't it. Right. I told you this before we left to come over here. This is what I said to you. I said, God will pay for the church. I said, God's vision is, is, is the vision he gave me, then he pro-division. You got to go find out now what provision means. You use the word just provide. You can't provide if there ain't no vision. Some of y'all don't realize how you're getting all your needs met. You are sitting under vision. That's why your needs met. As a matter of fact, I guarantee you, 90 some percent, I'm talking about folk who work, 90-some percent of you in here that works made more than you did last year. And you don't even know how it's happening. As a matter of fact, even the state of Michigan is sending you money. Some of y'all don't even know about it. Every one of y'all who got a car, every one of you got a car, going to get $400. How did that happen? When did you ever know somebody gave you $400 back from your insurance? You haven't seen nothing. It's not getting darker. It's not getting darker. It's getting brighter. The 12 preached. What did they preach, Pastor? Watch what he said to them. We had Matthew 10. I'm getting ready to finish this up. Go not to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Verse 7. And as you go, preach saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Do you know what the kingdom of heaven means? Righteousness, peace, and joy is at hand. It's near. Righteousness, peace, and joy. Listen, the kingdom of God is coming. Peace. They had their enemy breathing down their throats. And you telling me peace is coming? We can't even do nothing without them Romans. And you telling me joy is coming? We've been under this law for 400 years, and you telling me that righteousness is coming? Yeah, that's the kingdom. But Jesus told him it was near. It was coming. And as soon as God raised him from the dead, guess what he gave them? He gave them the kingdom. Then the man asked Jesus Christ in Acts chapter 1, Will you restore again the kingdom to Israel? He did not say no. He said it wasn't given to you know the, know the day or the time when the Lord put in his own power. But you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost will come upon you. He didn't tell him he wasn't going to restore the kingdom. He was not restoring it to Israel. He was restoring it to the church. They wanted to, the kingdom restored to them as a nation. He didn't restore the kingdom to them. He restored the kingdom to the church. So all of the thing that God got when he raised Christ from the dead, he gave it to the church. 
That's why you have Ephesians chapter 2, Colossians chapter 2. He gave everything that he had to us. He took it, he, he spoiled principalities and power. That's my next weakness. He spoiled principalities and powers, the rulers and the doctors of this world. He took everything they had, just like they went to Egypt. When he went to Egypt, they took everything that Pharaoh had and gave it to the church. That's what Jesus did. You haven't seen all of the stuff God has laid up for them that love him. Well, let me quit. Come on, get up on your feet. Thank God for it. You haven't seen it all. Just begin to thank God. Some of y'all got new jobs coming. Some of y'all got money in the mail right now. Can't wait to, can't wait to Monday morning. My God. My God. All the things that God had laid up for them that love him. Come on, clap your hand. Thank the Lord for it. Now remember, you only have two tapes of this message. I haven't even got to this stuff. I don't seem like I don't have, it was so much like last week. I got so much last week, I can just put it in a milkshake and send it to you. I may have a dude that you may have two milkshake coming. First Corinthians 15, moreover brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you have received and where you stand, by which also you are saved, by which, if you keep in memory what I preach to you, unless you have believed in vain. I deliver to you, first of all, that which I also received, how Christ died for our sins according to the scripture, and that he was buried, and that God raised him again from the dead the third day, and he's alive forevermore. What he did, he did it for me. He did it for you. He defeated principalities and powers, made sure them openly, triumph over them in it. He defeated death. He destroyed death. He destroyed him that had the power of death. That is the devil. He did it all. Put all the principalities and powers under his feet. What a mighty God we serve. He is Lord of Lords. Somebody give him praise. He is King of Kings. We give him glory in this place. My time is up. And I thank you for yours and the door of faith is open unto you. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.